You're listening to a Wheels on the Ground production. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by Come As You Are. Come As You Are is Canada's only worker-owned co-op sex shop. Trans-owned and operated, Come As You Are carefully reviews and curates their selection of sex toys, books, and DVDs. Now you can get 15% off your next purchase at comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. I want to tell you all about a really awesome deal that I got from my friends and new sponsors, Adam and Eve, the number one adult toy superstore. They reached out to me and they said, Andrew, we love Disability After Dark. We love your show. We love what you're doing. And we were wondering if you wanted to run some ads for us. And I was like, fuck yes, I do. But what are my awesome listeners going to get if I run ads for you? What are they going to get out of this? And they came back with a really fantastic deal that I want to share with you right now. I hope you're getting comfy, cozy, and crippled because this deal is pretty great. If you go to AdamEve.com, you can pick out almost any item in the store, almost any one item in the store, for 50% off. That means you can get one dildo, one lube, and one thing of lingerie, if you want, for 50% off. And then, once you get that one item for half price, they throw in even more free stuff. Let me tell you all about it. Okay, so you got your one item at half price in your bag, and you're ready to go, but guess what? This offer also includes 10 free items on top of that that other item. So you get one free item for penis havers, one free item for vulva havers, one free item for couples, and then you also get six free movies from the AdamEve.com website. You can get your favorite porn or an educational film. I love free movies. They're so awesome. This is such a great deal. And then, on top of that, you also get free shipping. What could be better? This is such a great offer. So, to redeem this great offer, what you're going to do is you're going to go to AdamEve.com. You're going to go to checkout and you're going to type in DarkPod. That's D-A-R-K-P-O-D at checkout, and you're going to get one item, almost anything in the store, at 50% off, and then you're going to get those 10 free gifts, absolutely free, as part of your offer. This is such a great deal, and this is just for you, Disability After Dark listeners, and I hope you run over to AdamEve.com and take advantage of it right now. Content warning. The language content and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. You're listening to Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories with your host, disability awareness consultant, Drew Gerza. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome to the show, friends. Thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I'm, of course, your deliciously delectable disabled host, Andrew Gerza. Let's get comfy, cozy, and crippled and get this show started, everybody. 
A weird little side note before we start. Somebody from Teespring, the Make Your Own T-Shirt Company, reached out to me and said, do you want to maybe look at putting together a slogan for your for your podcast on a T-Shirt? And I was like, sure, cool. So don't really know what's going to happen there, but I sent in the idea to make Comfy, Cozy, and Crippled a slogan on a T-Shirt, maybe? I don't know how that's going to look or what I think about that, but I, I sent that to somebody at Teespring the other day, and we'll see what happens. That would be kind of cool to have a slogan of Comfy, Cozy, and Crippled, because I say it just about every show to start the show, so it would be really cool if they wanted to help me produce a shirt like that. So who knows? You might see that at some point. But now, let's get started. If you are a Patreon supporter, you're hearing this show on our very special Patreon feed for Disability After Dark listeners, and that means you at some point got a sexy shout-out from me, and a weird pun from me, and you get the show completely ad-free and one day early. So if you want to do that and support the show monetarily, if you're able to, you can go to patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark and pledge as little as $1 a month to keep the bright light shining on these disability stories. But now, really, let's get started. Back in one of our very first episodes, back in like 2016 when the show started, on like episode 12 or 13, I think, I talked to my very first devotee, my friend Stacy, way back at the beginning. We talked about her experience being a devotee and what that means for her and what it was like in her relationship with her partner. But we only ever spoke with her. We only ever heard the one side of things. And today... We get to to kind of revisit the idea of devoteeism on the show in a whole new exciting way. Actually, today's guests, Zach and Rachel, told me that the reason why they started actually, the reason why they met is because of that very first episode that I did with Stacy about devoteeism way back in 2016. So I was really excited to hear that and I wanted to bring Zach, who is disabled, and Stacy. Sorry, sorry, let's try again. Zach, who is disabled, and Rachel, his dev girlfriend, I wanted to bring them on the show to talk about their experiences together with devoteeism so that we could discuss devoteeism and kind of dispel the myth that it's really this, being a devotee is really this scary, abusive thing that so many of us in the disability community have been taught that devoteeism can be and so it was really interesting to sit down with Zach and Rachel and talk about how devoteeism informed their relationship and how it's only one small part of their relationship but then we talk about their relationship to each other and how Rachel came to to feel about Zach's disability and how she felt about disability generally and really it's it's a big exploration into not only devoteeism, but also just a relationship with a non-disabled person and a disabled person. And it was really, really fascinating and really, really cool to have them both on and to, to bring the story of devoteeism into a new light. And I was excited to do that. So without further ado, here's my interview with Zach and Rachel, the, the devotee couple of 2021 that's going to be on the show. They're really cool, and they were super sweet, 
and I hope you enjoy the episode. Zach and Rachel, hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. It's a pleasure to have you both on Disability After Dark today. I am really excited because you are our second devotee couple that's ever been on the show. I spoke with a friend of mine maybe four years ago when I first, first started the show. If you go back and listen to like episode 12 or something, you get to hear me talk to a woman who... um, was a devotee and I was really excited when Zach brought that up in the questionnaire because we don't very we very rarely get to talk to people with who with who are who, who are who identify as devotees and so I thought it was really interesting and cool and I wanted to I was really excited when I saw that in the form I was like yep this is the perfect topic for the show so can you both introduce yourselves to the audience tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do okay uh I am, I feel weird introducing myself, Zach, Zach Sarvelin. Um, What can I say about myself? I guess I consider myself sort of an artist, um, visual artist, and I went to school for graphic design, um, although I didn't completely finish, but I do know how to do it. (laughs) Um, And I don't know, in my free time, I make music and sort of think of myself as a musician. So that's who I would describe myself as. That's a great intro. So. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very, yeah. very complete. And, uh, um, and Rachel? I'm Rachel. Uh, I am in theater and... You know, I didn't know you were in theater until you told me, but just from looking at you, I knew you were in you theater. Tell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have that that theater kid look and that theater kid energy. I mean, I want you to bring it into a musical interlude right now. Da-da-da. Yeah, there it Welcome is. Welcome to the show. Yeah, they can't see my jazz hands, but they'll be continuous throughout. Right. I support this and I'm I'm one hundred percent okay with that's fantastic. Um and so you're a theater kid. Mm-hmm. And we want anything else you want to tell me about you? Uh, I'm a dev. That's we're gonna talk about that. So I yeah, cool. That. We definitely are. Um, so do either of you? We already know the answer to this question, but do either of you experience disability? And if so, how does it impact your day to day? Uh, so I guess I'll start. Uh, <laughs> I uh, have a condition called Duchenne muscular dystrophy, um, which is, I don't know, it's, it's a problem with dystrophin. So that's a, gen- it's a genetic thing where I don't pr- produce muscle really, enough muscle to, I don't know, I just don't yes. produce muscle really. And I'm sort of weak as a result. Um, and it's sort of a progressive disease. So it means that over time, like all the muscles in my body are affected, um, which the, the part that doctors are most worried about is lung function and heart function because they're all muscles. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for that. I wasn't aware that the lungs or the heart were muscle. Th- thanks, I didn't know. You're, you're welcome, yeah. That's, it's good to teach, teach new lessons. Teach anatomy. <laughs> anatomy. Um, but yeah, so that's meant that 
uh, I use a wheelchair, an electric wheelchair all the time. And I have a lot of, I don't know, I have issues with fatigue and um, pain um, as, as a result. Um, but uh, on the bright side, as weird as it is, I've kind of enjoyed uh, COVID because it means I don't have to go anywhere and I can be as lazy as I want. I mean, it's kind of awesome for like those of us that were already introverted and already kind of inside. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely has been quite the, it's been a nice reprieve. I mean, it's a year on, so I'm a little bit tired of it now, but it's yeah. initially I was like, oh, cool. We can just stop everything because the world has stopped. Yeah, um, you can, if you're tired, you can just, Take a nap. Tilt, tilt your chair and take a nap. It's good. Um, so you're a power chair user, um, and I'm I'm just asking this question because I I want I'm wearing a shirt that says power chair top today. In case you can see, um, I'm wearing a shirt that says power chair top today. Uh, so I feel the need to ask you, what do you like about being a power chair user? Um. Well, one thing recently I've I've I got a new wheelchair um, and we got the function that lets you like go up in space. So like if I wanted to sit at a bar, I could raise my chair so that I was at the same height. Um, oh, nice. So that means I get to give my girlfriend a hug at the same height. Oh, she- that's the <laughs> cutest, cheesiest thing I've ever heard in my whole life, but I'm here for it. Yeah. We make good use of it. It's one of my favorite things about this chair. Um, oh, I like that. Otherwise... I don't know. I like that I can tilt back. Like that, that there are options in the chair. That there are, are nap time. I, I like because yeah. I have a tilt chair too, and I like that I can if when I'm done my day or I'm tired, I can just stop stop entirely what I'm doing and just take a nap. Yeah, or I have basically a built-in um, what do you a lazy boy is that a what recliner. they're called? lounger. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All of those things. So that I can just watch tv and lounge and luxury <laughs> awesome uh tell me a little and one of the things you mentioned on your farm that you like wanted to get into right away was tell me a little bit about your um dating experiences as somebody with duchene's most of history oh yeah it's, it's been an interesting one not very successful until recently but um yeah i for the longest time, I thought that dating wasn't a thing for me. Um, I don't know, not to be a Debbie Downer, but <laughs> when, womp, I, <laughs> when I was like, I don't know, a senior in high school, I was convinced I'd be alone. Oh, me too. And, uh, uh, yeah. The teenage angst. <laughs> and um, finally, though, like when I was started to go to college, I decided to try online dating um, and tried a couple different sites before landing on OkCupid, um, which seemed like the the best one for people my age, Um, but wasn't very successful there. I mean, I made a friend through the site, which was nice, Um, another person, a fellow power chair user. Also with CP. Um, oh, cool! CP is the best. It's great. It's the best one. Yeah, <laughs> the best one. Um, and otherwise, I went on like 
I think overall two in-person dates off of the site, um, but they didn't amount to anything, even though we had a good time during the date. And then otherwise got catfished once. Oh no. <laughs> you didn't uh, send this person like, I've been watching catfish a little bit recently because I've been bored in quarantine. So you didn't send them copious amounts of money because you fell for them, did you? No. Okay, good. I just, I'm convinced that they didn't exist. That's pretty, pretty much it. Um, mm-hmm. And then otherwise just started a bunch of chats with people that were either too weird or responded like with one word replies every time I tried to message them. <laughs> what was the, what was the like disclosure on the internet and online dating is such a thing for every disabled person. And it's so different how we talk about it for you like disclosing the fact that you have a disability, what what's that been like for you? Like for me, I use humor. I wear shirts that say power chair top. I like talk about my huge joystick. I joke about it. Like, but <laughs> is that kind of the way you approach it or how did, how would you say you approach that? I mean, I, I don't know. I uh, mostly mentioned it in passing. Like I didn't, I, I tried to show pictures that had me in the chair prominently um, so that people if they were smart, could actually figure out that I use a wheelchair, (laughs) which I think a lot of them didn't seem to notice, which is, I don't get how that happened. Um, Um, I mean, just, just from the the way that I can see you now, I can see your chair and I can tell like you, you're, you have your head is resting on a headrest, which is very obviously a wheelchair headrest. Like it, like, yeah. I'm I'm not sure that like an able-bodied person always recognizes the wheelchair headrest though. It's weird. It's so like, it's such a, maybe it's because I'm also disabled. Like it's such a prominent disability. Like, yep, you're a wheelchair user and here's how I know. Yep, there's that rest. Um, but let's see, where was I? Uh, so putting your pictures where you oh, are uh, yeah. prominently. Uh, and I did in, in like the profile bio, I wrote like, I have, I'm a wheelchair user. I have DMD. Um, so that people could look it up right away, I guess. And then like, I don't know, there was one other question where it was like, what's the most private thing you're willing to admit? And I would, I said in it, like, I am disabled and use a wheelchair, but that will be pretty obvious when we meet. I mean, that's not super private because <laughs> everyone will see it, but yes. Um, so that's a fun question. What is the most private thing you're willing to admit about your disability? I mean, this is disability after dark. So tell yeah, me all your secrets. I mean, just to be cliche, I would probably say it works. Oh. <laughs> that's what I would put there otherwise. <laughs> well, thank you for that knowledge. <laughs> now I know. Um, what, so, but tell me a little bit more about your experience with as somebody with DMD, like now you've kind of laid out what it is. Thank you. But how does it, like you're a wheelchair user, what kind of care, you mentioned kind of in, the, in your questionnaire that your care is more, the youth use the word severe disability. Like, so what does it, that entail for you? Um, so basically at this point, I need like 24 seven care, someone here to like help with stuff. Um, so Recently, uh, eating has become a little difficult, so I need someone to help me eat. Um, and then going to the bathroom. So basically, I, I 
as as they say in my um I don't know I have a, a Medicaid plan and in it you have to write like how much assistance you need and we always put full assistance <laughs> for like everything so yeah me too so. I had all of my care plans are the same you need full assist with eating the bathroom dressing showering all like all the key things in, in your day um you mentioned that you know eating has become kind of difficult for you and i know friends with different types of muscular dystrophy have mentioned the same thing and i know how hard it is to because i've lost function and it's really fucking hard and it's really like it there's grief there that i don't think anybody understands can you would you be comfortable talking about that and kind of like what it's like when as your function changes yeah i would i'd be comfortable um so i guess yeah this has sort of been it feels like my life's work is figuring out how to deal with losing abilities over time um because it's just so prominent um and yeah it can be if you if you don't know how to deal with it it can make knock you on your ass not 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 very happy that's for sure um so yeah i mean i've sort of had to deal with it my whole life like when i was a kid i could walk um because yeah, I don't really know why kids, I guess it, it's, there's a spectrum, like some people have Duchenne, like much worse than others. So some people lose the ability to walk when they're, I don't know, four or even younger. And then in my case, I stopped being able to walk around 12 years old. Whoa, that's a big loss at 12. Like, yeah, it was. I couldn't imagine being a 12 year old boy wanting to be cool and wanting to be like, awesome and then having to go from being able to walk one day to being like did you go did you transition from being able to walk to being a power trick user right away no it was sort of gradual like in the beginning I had a manual chair that um I could walk for short distances and then I'd get tired and get in the chair and someone could wheel me around and then at one point like even the short distances I couldn't really do, I was starting to fall a lot. And that's when I decided to use a power chair as much as I could. But at that point I could still like feed myself. I could still go to the bathroom by myself um, and shower by myself. Um, but then, yeah. And then over time, those tasks became more and more difficult. Um, but yeah, when I, when I stopped being able to walk, I, I had like, friends that I thought were good, like not shitty friends, but I lost basically all my friends once I started uh. walk. Cause they were all like, they were skiers and did sports and I don't know. Wasn't... Yeah, but you were 12. Shouldn't they have been like, you know, nice kids and be like, oh fuck, sorry, you're going through this. I'll still stick by you. Like what? You'd think they would just like, that's shitty. And I'm sorry. I mean, we hear that a lot in the stories, but I haven't actually heard somebody tell me that story. So that kind of breaks my heart a little bit because kids are horrible. Uh, so thank you so much for being so vulnerable. I know that's hard. And I, I wanted to bring up the grief part because, you know, it is really hard. Like I've lost function. As somebody with CP, they don't tell you that your disability is progressive, but it is. And they don't explain that to you until you start living it. And then one day, like, one day, five years ago, I lost the ability to pee. And I was like, well, this is weird. Like, yeah. I don't like this. What the hell? So, like, I understand the, the like, 
frustration you, you must have felt having to having to shift definitely not to the same degree because I've always never been able to walk but like you going from walking one day to falling to being a manual chair user to being a power chair user like that that couldn't have been an easy none of those transitions could be easy especially at your young age yeah definitely I mean another thing that's started happening recently though is dealing with chronic pain which up until recently it wasn't really an issue and then about a year and a half ago I started like having like hip pain and like in in gluteus pain (laughs) and recently I started having low back pain and that's been sort of the worst of it where I've had to get used to to yeah to, to having sensations that nobody should have all the time <laughs> and then nobody like nobody understands unless unless you're living and i too have some chronic pain issues in my hip and exactly what you're saying and it's pain that unless you're living it you don't even know what you're talking about like it's it's constant and it's always there and you power through like even as i'm talking to you and i'm sure as you're talking to me like we're both sitting in our wheelchairs being like yeah i'm managing but it's there yeah definitely yeah the one thing though, like I was thinking about this sort of grief aspect recently and I, I feel like it would have been, I don't know if you had this experience, but at least for me, I, I wish that my doctors had given me more resources or my family more resources. Like here's, I, I don't know, like uh, other people with Duchenne that you can talk to or like a a support group or or something like that i mean i think unfortunately the doctors don't they don't know where those resources are like they don't know so they have nothing to give you because there's not a pamphlet that's like are you going through disability grief i mean there should be a fucking pamphlet that says that because i'd love to read it but there isn't one i don't think so like um you're right they should and i they should and i'm assuming they weren't super like not that they weren't friendly but you know being doctors they weren't probably like let's sit down and talk about your feelings. They were like, here's what you have, deal with it, best luck, bye. Yeah, I mean, there is the MDA, which is the Muscular Dystrophy Association. And like, so they would have them come in and talk to me and give me some some of their resources. But it's like, I don't know if it's because of, I don't know if you're familiar with the telethon. The, the Jerry Lewis telethon? Yeah. Yeah. The trash fire of a telethon that he used to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so basically, like, most of the stuff when I was growing up for, like, support of the people at Duchenne was, there's a lot of, like, parent groups of kids, like, where, I mean, basically, it seems like our, the, at least the culture in the U.S., and I don't know if it's the same in Canada, but it's sort of not seeing disabled people as adults and only like once you're older than a kid it's like wait you don't ex- you don't you don't exist anymore basically. yeah that's pretty similar here um and i know the the feeling of infantilization is really really rampant in disability communities but especially with telethons like that like you're not supporting the person you're supporting the the poor grieving mother or the father or the the parents which is fine and they they're allowed to have their grief too over their child being disabled that's totally valid but i think what happens is they get overshadowed by you know or no the disabled kid is overshadowed by them and so like where's the disabled person's experience and what's happening and i feel like if we were gonna if we're gonna do a telethon 
let's gear it toward the disabled person and the disabled adult that wants to go have sex and go have a partner and go do all these things and like not a sex telethon but like you know a telethon that's like that's like inclusive of the fact that you're an adult and here's the things you want to do and let's raise money so that Zach can go on a dream vacation as opposed to like you know let's give Zach's family all the money so that they can do all the like let's give Zach the money so that he can do the thing he wants to do like we need telethons that are like that but yes and I think you know, we just need to do a better job of realizing that disabled people are experiencing this and while the family is also experiencing it and their thoughts and feelings are valid, they should not overshadow the disabled person ever. That's just not fair. Exactly, yeah. Um, I do like the idea of a sex telephone. Though. That I mean, hilarious. can we work on that? Um, let's <laughs> figure it out. Uh, so tell me a little bit about one of, the, so the, one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on is because you were like, I'm in a relationship with my devotee girlfriend. So I want to talk to you about like, we know the experience of the word devotee in the disability community is like full of controversy. People, that word is thrown around in ways that is like, people don't like it. People think devotees are bad people. People think that devotees are going to abuse disabled people, all these things. But the people that I've talked to who are devotees, and I've talked to a few, they're actually kind of cool. They're super nice and they just want it. They, they're just attracted to disabled people. So Rachel, I want to ask you like, um, what is it? Explain to me in your experience, like how did, how did you realize that this was an attraction for you? Yeah, I mean, it's super different for each person, but for me, it was like very, very young. Um, like, I have memories of like bandaging up my beanie babies and, you know, pretending that they were disabled or injured or something. Um, and at that point, like it wasn't sexual cause I was, you know, like, yeah, but, um, I guess it was always, a like fascination for me when I was really young. Um, and then as I got older, it just kept, going and I had like a few I guess formative moments experiences where I saw someone disabled and I was like ooh swoon slight swoon um but (laughs) I think it was always something that was kind of there and a lot of the devs I've talked to have had those same like really early experiences before they even know what sex is um before they start to get like you know tingly um where they're like interested in those things and they play those games with their friends and they like want to play doctor play hospital or whatever um and they have that as like an ongoing uh pattern in their life no I think a lot of people would say like when they hear that a lot of disabled people would say like oh you're just fetishizing the disabled person to be sick or to be, you know, you sharing that story of bandaging up your beanie babies. I can hear, I can see people in the comments saying like, well, she's just, she's just fetishizing them. Can you like further explain, like, is it that you, it's not that you want to see someone sick. It's that you are okay with the fact that they are, they have disabilities. Like how, how would you explain Yeah, that? I, I'd say like, I, I don't want to see anyone hurt. And I think when I was first discovering that about myself that it was a big problem for me and concern that I didn't want 
to fetishize anyone like I see a person as a person yeah (laughs) like everyone should um and I didn't want to I don't want anyone to experience pain or discomfort but but like there shouldn't be a but there period I if someone is going through something like I understand that and I want to like empathize with you and be there for you um and like be a supportive presence so can you like again because I'm so curious can you describe for me like what is you said you know when you first saw a disabled person you would have a slight swoon like what is that can you describe that attraction like what is it what is what is it I mean I always say that like if we're going by like the one to 10 rating scale of people. Um, I'd say you get like two bonus points for like having a certain disability that I would be attracted to. Like if you're a two, then, you know, you're gonna be a four if you have something I'm attracted to, but like that doesn't mean that we're gonna get together because I'm not gonna (laughs) date a four, but like if you're a seven, then you'd be a nine. And then, like, you got a solid chance, man. Like, let's go for gold. Um, so, important question. How many bonus points does Zach have right now? I mean, at this point, we're past We're past that. We're just, like... What number was I, though? Yeah. You, you, got, you got your two bonus points. But, like, was I an eight with the bonus oh. points? Or? Oh, I... Oh. You're you're nine. I'm a nine. Okay. So you with the with the bonus points or we, or are with we adding with the bonus with points? The bonus Let's points. not blow up his head too much. I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, you're a good number. When you first met him, like, what was your like as a dev? What was the what was the attraction? Was it like, oh, he's in a wheelchair, so automatically I'm attracted, or was it like? I'm attracted to him. Like, explain to me your meet cute your, or your trip cute moment together. How did that come to be? I mean, I don't think it was like that classic, like meet cute moment because we met online. Uh, we met on like a forum for like people with disabilities and devs. Um, was it Paradivo? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the last person that I spoke to also went on that website. So I know that website quite well. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, But yeah, so we started talking on there. And I mean, at the time I had just gotten on. So I was talking to like a few people, actually. um, But we have like a lot in common. And Zach's an artist and I'm an artist. And so it just kind of the conversation kind of took off. Would you say that's? Yeah. Yeah. And um I don't know. I I did post my profile picture at the time was a was good looking photo of me, so that probably. Helped. I mean, you're a hottie. I'm not going to pretend like that's not true. So oh, thanks. You're good also yes. You're so cute. Um, but so like, so like Zach, were you? Did you ever think you would be with a devotee? Did you ever like? Was that something you were like sought out, or was that was was it? Did did you go on Paradevo because you were like? I'm tired of this bullshit. I'm tired of not connecting. I'm going to try this. Like, I mean, originally I was just, I wanted a 
go on because I was curious. Um, because actually, it was that episode of this podcast I uh, about the dev that made me. Basically, I hadn't known about it until then. Um, so what you're saying is. I facilitated your relationship right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're the reason that we're together. You're that's reason. that's amazing. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. That's great. That's yep. awesome. So congratulations. Wow. Um yeah. that that's kind of cool. And I'll let the I'll let Stacy, the the woman that I spoke to in that episode, I'll let her know that our conversation <laughs> sparked this. She'll be very happy to know that. Um, but yeah, uh, so I went on the site cause I was curious, like, what is, what are these devs like? Like I wanted to see overall if they were like that person on, on your, on the episode, um, that you interviewed. Um, and then I discovered that there were actually pretty devs, at least female devs on the site were super compassionate and seemed to care about the entire person. Like it wasn't just a fetishization. Such a hard word to say, I can never uh, say it. Of their, uh, of disability because like, even if it was say the, the thing, the attraction aspect was because someone as a dev um, was into someone who was disabled because um, they were disabled and they are attracted to disability like that's just the starting point like usually the people on that site would see the entire person um yeah after that like like if depending on your um like who you're attracted to like if if someone's attracted to women like they're gonna be attracted to the woman in the beginning maybe they're into big boobs or whatever <laughs> but like they'll start out by seeing the like the they'll see someone who they consider hot and that will be like the the reason why they say hi to them or or try to start talking to them but then in the end they'll end up seeing you're more than just your boobs <laughs> yeah. like you're an entire person they'll get their bonus points but then i don't know if that makes me sound insensitive but like that's sort of what i i've grown to realize is like attraction is what maybe starts a relationship but then if it's a healthy relationship it'll be about the whole person and their personality and like their interests and their morals and all that yeah definitely um so was it were you like were you nervous to do that or was it something once once you started doing it were you like oh this is a community that i connect to and i can i can feel I feel confident to like try because I know when you're dealing with non-devs, so like there's so much more work it seems you have to do to meet somebody and to like be yourself and you have to like make sure they're comfortable with all the aspects of your disability. Whereas it seems like when I spoke with Stacy and now with Rachel and, and you, like it feels like there isn't that extra step of like convincing them you are valid, You it, they already know that and it's okay. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I, I feel like the on that forum, like the thing I liked, also liked a lot was that everyone sort of understood the disability and they were willing to talk about it and they weren't afraid of disability um, or didn't turn them off. 
um, to a person, um, which it's not like I've had a lot of experience where people have been turned off by my disability, but I guess knowing that they're open to disability and want to talk about it and are curious and also that they wouldn't mind and would be into dating someone who's disabled as kind of relieving in a way because when you date someone through like OkCupid or anywhere else on the internet like at least in my case I'm never sure if they want to meet with me because they're curious or they think they're open-minded and want to see if they can and they want to show like what a good person they are for dating the disabled person yeah yeah that the the self-doubt is can be and I'm going to use a weird disability pun here. The self-doubt can be crippling. See what I did? Um, <laughs> and so, like, I, I totally get it. So, I've, I I, mean, I, I've never been on Paradivo, like, as myself looking for a relationship. But it's something that I'm, you know, you're the second people that I've talked to that are in a devotee relationship. And it's the more and more I hear about it, it seems like a really positive place. And I, I, I do kind of wish the disabled community, I know why we're afraid. I know why the community is like, apprehensive i get it but everyone that i've talked to that is a devotee and is in a devotee relationship it seems to be really like it doesn't disability doesn't bother them and that's a huge step forward i think and i think that community like i've had people rejudge me on like gay sex apps being like hey i think i'm a devotee but i can't say that because it's not appropriate i'm like oh no it's okay like it's all right you can tell me it's fine so i think the fact that you guys are doing this is so, first of all, it's groundbreaking because it shows other disabled people that devotees are not all bad and they're not all these, all these creepy humans that we are, are taught they are, which I think is a really dangerous stereotype. And yeah. it, like, like, Rachel, how do you feel about the way devotees are characterized by the disabled community? I mean, I totally understand why people are apprehensive. Um, and... It, it has been really painful for me um, that that kind of exists because, you know, it's not something that I chose, obviously having it from like, really, or being that way from a really young age. Um, so when I was first starting to discover what that was, like I, I didn't have language for it at first and I was just like, I'm different, like, people don't get me. That was my angsty teenage phase. Um, I mean, I'm 37 and I go through that now, so don't worry. But, um, but yeah, and then I found the word and I looked it up and the first things that I read were really negative. And, like, you know, I I care a lot about people. I care about how they feel. And I didn't want to be this thing that, that hurt people, that made people feel you know, afraid or bad. So I kind of like shoved it down and I was like, well, you're not that because you're a good person. Like, and you can't be that and a good person. So you must not be this thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was like my dark seed secret. And I felt like it was kind of like eroding my life. Like I couldn't seek out any relationship. Um, because I didn't want to kind of give in to whatever desires I was having, because I felt like it made me like horrible. Uh, So so, uh, it took a really long time to kind of accept that 
people might have misconceptions about this and the first thing that comes up on Google might not be the ultimate truth of it. Yeah. And that I can also shape it and like, if I'm a dev and I'm also a good person, then maybe devs can be good people instead of the other way around um, where like, I must be a bad person uh, if I'm this. So, but it took me a, a really long time to kind of accept that about myself. Um, and, and PD really did help because the people on there do, uh, I mean, they're participating in that community and seeing that there's good in it. Like, I think that, you know, it's, it's always kind of been funny to me that like, there's the disabled community, which like people in that community want relationships and, and want to be, you know, sexual and, and romantic and have all of that. And then there's the deaf community, which is like attracted to that thing. Yeah. Um, and like for those communities to kind of be at To be odds, so at opposites of each other. Yeah, yeah. It, it just, it doesn't make sense. It almost feels like, you know, when you have the wrong side of the magnets and they kind of like avoid each other and if yeah. you flip the magnets around, like they would click, but someone's got to flip the magnets. So. Like I've, I remember when I did that first episode you listened to, like, I remember people were like, why would you do that? It's so horrible. Like, how can you support this community? And I was like, who am I harming? They're, they both, they care about each other. They're happy. What, like, why is this a bad thing again? Um, so to, in that vein, Zach, when, when you mentioned to like other disabled people, like, hey, I'm going to, do you, do you mention you're in a devotee relationship or is it something you, because of the stigma in our community and how quickly somebody would be to write you off if you said I'm in a DBT relationship like how do you approach that um I mean I usually just the people I have told I don't know I don't like there's not a ton of people I tell <laughs> because well, I guess what they just all heard you say <laughs> well now a lot of people will know but I don't know a ton of people that's why like I just tell the people I know I don't really it doesn't really bug me to to talk about it um because I don't know I'm down with whatever really <laughs> I mean it's also such a small part of our relationship like it's how we met and that's kind of it like what I mean yeah like it's it, I, I just find like it's not the most important aspect of our relationship yeah to say that oh yeah she's attracted to disability how does that make you feel well to put the question super bluntly to you, she's attracted to disability. How does that make you feel? Um, I'm fine with it. Like originally when I went onto the site, like I'm, I was totally fine with the idea of being fetishized. As weird as that sounds, like I'm okay with that. And we found the tag for this episode just right there. <laughs> no, that's, don't say that. Or say it, I don't it's know. It's true. Whatever you want. Um, it might actually be the tag. It's super good and just provocative enough for people to be like, what? I have to click on this. <laughs> I yeah. need to know what he meant. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it kind of turns me on to know that someone would be turned down on by my disability. Um, as weird as that sounds. Um, it doesn't sound weird. Not in, not in the least. Like it's actually really it's something that I too have felt and like I would love somebody to be like yeah you're like when I'm with a dude in bed I want them to call me a dirty cripple because 
and I'm I make them do it because that way I know and if they do it and they we like play around and we joke around about it I know that they understand that disability is a part of my experience and it is really hot and it like that's what part of why I'm wearing a power a shirt that says power chair top today because I'm like why can't we joke about this why can't it be fun why shouldn't like why shouldn't your disability be something someone's attracted to and I think what I love about talking with you and the other devotees that I've spoken to is that it shows you that that there's such a community there that would be willing like we're always saying we always say in the disability community all the time oh I wish somebody would just see me for who I am well guess what folks like you got these people right here that are willing to do that. So give like give it a shot. Um, yeah. yeah. That that's always confused me. It's like the people that are so against like devotees. Like I know there's this one person on an, another he's not super prominent, but there's a I think someone with CP who has written for Vice and there was like a video, this this thing called Slut Ever. Um yeah, I think I heard about it somewhere. Yeah, so there was it was the the video was exploring. Oh yeah, with um, I know who that is. With that, what's his name? We're friends, and I had him on the show, and I forget who it is. But that guy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he wrote an article saying how he was very much against devoteeism, um, but yeah, but is in support of like um, working with sex workers, which I'm totally for. But I feel like they're sort of, it, I don't know. Like I've worked with sex workers too, to, to um, I don't know, just to, it sort of helps with confidence and other things, but yeah. Sex workers are great. I love them. They're important and they really help disabled people feel good. And so that I think good for you. And thank you for being so honest about that because it's not easy. But, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I can't remember his name right now and he's gonna, he's gonna like, find me later and be like what but you know i feel it's unfortunate that people are so against devotees because i mean i think there's a line i think there's a line and if if rachel was hurting you making you more disabled and using her devoteeism to be weird like that then i would be like okay yeah that's weird but if she's just saying i'm attracted to you because you're disabled like that's hot i think that's great i think that's something we should celebrate I'm also not attracted to you because you're disabled exclusively. Like, I think that's a really important thing. Like, initially, I was on a site and I'm attracted to you because you're cute, because you're an artist, because you're funny. Because like, disabled people are hot. You could say it. it's all right. People can be hot and <laughs> you are hot. And, like, so yeah, I think it's important that, like, I'm attracted to you and like, I don't know. That's made up of a bunch of things. Yeah, completely. I want to move to the care aspect a little bit because I think care and dating and disability is something we don't talk about enough. So Zach, what was it like for you bringing Rachel into the fact that you need all these things? And what's it, one of the things you mentioned in your questionnaire was trying to date and trying to have a relationship when you need 24 seven Round the clock care. So, what's that been like for you? I mean, the, so the first time Rachel visited, I was kind of nervous about it, and like, I wanted to be like, because we'd only Facetimed or talked on the phone up until what was it, August of last year, 
Um, and yeah, like I, I had never had someone that I cared about, well, that, that I wanted to date, like come back to my house and see like something as basic as just the equipment that I have there. Like, yeah, like do you, I'm assuming you have a, a ceiling lift and I'm assuming you have like, you know, maybe a Hoyer lift or something like that. Yeah, I have a Hoyer lift and then there's, what what else is there that people would see? Um, I mean, just how, yeah, there's other things in my house. Like I have a, a breathing machine at night that they might see, but, um, but yeah, I guess I felt weird with bringing someone back to my house when someone else would be there to being, giving me care. Um, Cause that, that just feel, felt like it might get in the way. Um, so when Rachel came to visit the first time, there were people here in and out um, helping me, but uh, I didn't know how she would react. <laughs> And how did how did they react? Like how how were your caregivers when you were like, hey, I'm bringing a girl that I really like to my place for the weekend, and we're gonna like, I'm good. How what was that like? Because I know they were super into it. Um. <laughs> like into it in a cool way, or into it in that embarrassing like, ooh, you have a girl coming over. That like, cause... no, they were like super excited for me. Um, I mean, all of your cares are also like awesome. I think yeah. that that kind of is context that you need. Like, yeah. Um, the, are you the, on the kind of system where you can hire your own care workers? Yeah, yes. Nice, good. Um, but it's, yeah, so that part wasn't too hard. It was just my feelings about it. Like, I didn't think we could, Rachel and I could be, like, intimate or, or like, show closeness in front of them. And lo and behold, Rachel feels a little weird about PDAs. Um, really? Because so, I'm watching it happen right now. <laughs> yeah, you've gotten better about it. I've gotten used to it man they're always cool here so I had to get used to it but also like the first time we talked and we were talking about like what you'd want in a relationship you were like I just want someone who will like come over every once in a while and like we could live separately yeah <laughs> it's like <laughs> I don't know man I think you could you could be better than yeah that. so uh, anyway <laughs> after the first visit like the of course, the first time you meet someone, you're going to be very nervous. So we were just nervous the first couple of days. But then, I don't know, Rachel was very willing to sort of over, I don't know, just, just like she helped me in the Hoyer lift one of the, thir the third day or second day she was here, the first visit, which I did not think would ever happen. And like a really quick study. Yeah. What was that experience like for both of you? So, for, so, so Zach didn't think it would happen. and was freaking out. And like, I would freak out too. Like I remember the first time I had my current sex worker, like do it. I was so scared that something would happen, that they would freak out in the middle, that the lift would break, that they would like run away, <laughs> that like, that like they would realize like, cause when you're in the horror lift and you're in the sling and you're up there and you can't move, that's when somebody might realize how disabled you are and be like, oh, I can't yeah, manage I, I this. I think my biggest worry was that it would turn her off to the whole relationship and she'd be like, oh, this is too much. I can't deal with this. And then yeah. that would be it. That was like one of my big worries. But then 
when we when she got me in the Hoyer lift and nothing changed and then we I, are you okay if I still yeah. yeah and then got me into my bed and we cuddled and then she got me back out of the Hoyer lift and nothing had changed that sort of Blew Did you do mind. that thing that I do all the time when I'm with a, when I'm with somebody where like after it's done I'll spend like an inordinate amount of time texting me like so was that all right was it okay was there any weirdness can we like because I do that way too much. Um, no, I I don't know. I mean, because she was here for an extended visit because um, she lives in. Long I live kind of far away. Yeah. Yeah. So we had time to sort of debrief and talk about it afterwards um but yeah it i it really changed my idea of of i don't know i changed how i saw myself i guess as as i i'm not i don't feel as much um what am i trying to say let me gather gather my thoughts for a second <laughs> um, while you do that i will move you i'll move over to one gather and i can go to rachel and ask the same question while you gather uh no, I think I got shit. Where was I? I don't know. Um, feeling you feel more comfortable or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, after having someone see how vulnerable I needed to be and like the amount of care I would need separate from like outside of, of intimacy um, and seeing someone that saw that and then was like, oh, it's fine. We, we can keep going completely changed my view of, of my disability and, and I guess made it, I felt like, I don't know, I was hotter than I'd ever thought of myself. Oh, that like my heart just swelled in a million pieces because it's did that. I mean, it's very rare that we hear that. And I know those moments when somebody accepts your disability, it's hard to, to, it's hard to put that into words because you don't want to overthink it you're like a part of you is like oh this is cool this is happening i'm gonna just go with it but the other part of you was like what the fuck is just happening somebody's accepting this and i don't have to be i don't have to like excuse myself for being disabled because you know when you're with somebody that you like and if they don't get it you have to spend the whole time like apologizing for your disability and saying oh sorry that i need this blah so yeah and it definitely i think broke down some walls in our relationship where like I was nervous and and wasn't sure she would like every part of me and then she did and then I was like oh well maybe we can do so many more things than I thought we could do (laughs) (laughs) Um, but there's still certain things like that she's not comfortable with that would be too much of a turnoff is it cool that we explore some of those yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, if are you comfortable with that? That's fine. So just poop stuff. Just poop stuff. I don't blame you. Poop stuff is. I don't even think that's a disability thing. But but the good thing about her being a dev is that if you really needed it, yeah. I'm sure. It's also like we're in a relationship. Like you're, you know, my boyfriend, but also like my best friend, and I would do anything oh. for my friends. But I do so. joke to Rachel. There's this um. I don't know if you're familiar with Squirmy and Grubs. Yes, yes. So <laughs> there's a book that that Shane wrote. Um, one of the... It's like it? the, the, the intro? The dedication. The dedication that says something like, um, once she wiped 
my butt and then cuddled with me, I knew it was true love. <laughs> and I, that's that's what I'm looking for. Someone who will wipe my butt and then cuddle with me. I mean, that's basically the disabled dream right there. Like, <laughs> 100%. So, Rachel, on the flip side of that, what was it like for you putting in the Hoya Lip for the first time and doing all that stuff? I mean, like I said, like, I'll do anything for my friends. And at that point, we knew we were heading toward, like, being in a relationship, but we were calling it a friendship because we were, like, all, like, covert and, like, you know. Yeah, trying to be cool about it and not be like, we're in a relationship, we're just going to say friends because we're not sure yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It was, like, the first meeting. So we were, like, yeah, we're just really close friends. But I, I will do anything for my friends. And, like, that's something he needed. And so, like, yeah, I will do it. And, yeah, it just, it felt natural to, like, be helpful and do that. And, like, I was the one who was there. So, yeah, it felt really normal and it it wasn't anything weird for me I mean you were a little nervous about me doing it just like technically like you didn't want me to drop you but Mm -hmm. I'll never drop you babe (laughs) I got you (laughs) um so yeah I don't know It, it felt very very normal to uh you know have someone who I loved need something and and to do that and so um how do you feel? Because we talked a little bit earlier about it, how Zach's disability is progressive and things are going to change. As he needs more care, how do you how do you feel about that? It's like obviously he has caregivers and they're gonna they're gonna provide most of that stuff. But like in the event that his care change here, his care needs change and you have to do more, how do you feel about that? I mean, I'd be fine with it. I just think whatever you need, I'm ready to like do. I think it sucks that your condition is progressive. I think that sucks and I think it should change. That's my hot take of the day. No more progressive conditions. I support but, this. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, like whatever you need, I'll be there to provide. Because and one of the things, oh, one of the one of the things that Zach said in his in the questionnaire was that you're in an interable relationship. And we hear this term a lot from people like Shane Burka and people who have kind of made it a, a part of the conversation. How do you feel about that term and what does it mean for you? I mean, I haven't really thought about it, I guess. <laughs> I haven't, it hasn't bugged me. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I, it's fine with me. Uh, as long as it's like, I don't know. I, I guess if I were to share my hot takes, <laughs> I do it. I, think that I I don't really like a lot of the terms that people other than disabled I I, like disabled is the one term I'm okay with but not like differently abled or um I know there's some other terms that I can't think of but handy capable handy capable uh, yep um um, differently um, abled special needs yeah like I I just I like disabled because it's accurate because it's, and it's clean it's like clean it's simple it's it's the yeah. word yeah so interabled i think fits um because it's like someone who's able-bodied and someone who's disabled and just makes sense to me yeah. um and how did both of your like how did both of your families feel about this relationship were they concerned were they excited what was Oh, my, my family was super supportive, but I don't know about yours. <laughs> my family, 
they're great. Like my family is amazing. They were concerned and they continue to be concerned just because they don't want me to like go through heartbreak <laughs> of like losing a partner or whatever. Um, but guess what, friends? Everyone dies. Yeah. I mean, like, gotta start. <laughs> gotta start somewhere. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I gotta start like staging more fake like crashes or like <laughs> hi guys so that they're like people can die at any point there could be a bus crash yeah I should just surprise them like desensitize them to a sudden death I, I don't mean, know what I'm saying that was very strange but <laughs> well we'll just cut that piece out of it, uh, it out. Well, I, I had a thought but it it didn't pan out, you know. Um, but yeah, my family—they're great, but they—they fear—they fear for my delicate heart. But speaking of like, not that I want to make it super dark, but speaking of like death and stuff and like disability, like, how do you both feel about that? I'm not saying that'll happen right away. I'm not that could happen like whenever, but but because the medical community is so hell bent on reminding you that DMD is like progressive, how do you feel about that? I, I don't know. I mean, my view on death is like, I, I'm not afraid of uh, like the death itself. It's just getting there. That's not fun. The, um, yeah. The like, like, I don't want it to be long and drawn out and painful. Um, like, uh, who is it? Woody Allen says, not afraid of death. I just don't want to be there when it happens. <laughs> Fair point. Well, Woody I Allen. don't like it personal hot take i don't like it and i don't think it should happen yeah don't i don't i don't want to die but also i don't like i don't want to be in a place where my quality of life is just so poor but i'm just stuck living for no reason yeah um final couple questions for you both what is the number one thing about a devotee that people are a devotee relationship that people have a misconception about and how do we and what would you say to them i don't know one thought that i'm thinking is like people might think a devotee relationship has to might be abusive because i don't know that the 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 idea is that if you're a devotee you must be attracted to like someone being sick and want to keep them sick or yeah like disabled which Definitely not true. Well, we just heard Rachel say she she doesn't want your your disability to progress, so we know that's a falsehood. (laughs) I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I I would say um, like our relationship is real and it's based on things beyond the dev um disability kind of dynamic. Um, it like is based on our personalities and common interests and and shared goals and all of the things that any other relationship is based on. And I don't think the fact that like you're disabled and I'm a dev disqualifies our relationship or makes it anything less more or less than than any other relationship. Yeah. Um, And Rachel, what kind of, um, what advice would you give to other people who may be feeling like they're a devotee, but don't have the space to talk about it and have been told, like you said earlier, that they're, wrong that they're like doing this is inappropriate like what would you say to them to get them to kind of share their devoteeism 
Um, I would say that it can be a really beautiful thing. Um, be consensual, be kind, and respect everyone. And um, it can be really beautiful. It, I think that it's enhanced both of our lives to be together. And um, you're not a bad person because of a desire that is totally normal and natural and can be very respectful and don't let the bad eggs who stand out from the crowd make you think that you can't be a good person <laughs> like yeah yeah and yeah and so Zach what would you say to disabled people who might want to enter a relationship with the devotee like how would you allay their fears um I'd basically say treat it like any other relationship um like get to know the person first at least that's that's how I treat relationships I, I'd like to get to know a person first before I agree to any like dating or um anything that might what is it go past third base is that is that what they say no I don't know anything that goes to the bedroom like you you're gonna want to know the person beforehand um and just unless it's just for fun you know yeah well if you're just looking for like some string free I think it's fun as a disabled person you can't really yeah you can't I would have to do a zach on that one you can't even if you're looking for string free fun and believe me post-covid i'm gonna have so much sex um but, but even at like even like after that like i would agree with you in that you can't really just have fun you have to even if you're having fun you have to lay out the back of the hand but it's able person and yeah i'm fun but i need hold your lift i need a lift i need to be positioned which can be hard when it's 2 a.m and the person wants you to just come on over and you're like yeah i want you to but you need to know five things yeah um but yeah so my advice is just like treat it like you would any other relationship like find out who the person is and don't like don't be catfished or don't don't be cryptfished either don't be cryptfished either don't be cryptfished don't cryptfish people it's weird um but this was such a fun and informative interview, and I'm so I didn't I didn't realize that that episode from literally four years ago was the reason that that's awesome. That's really cool, and I'm really weirdly honored to be a part of that. <laughs> so thanks. Um, was there any final words you have for the people today? Um, I guess I just want to thank you for doing what you do because. I've been, um, yeah, so one of the people I work with, um, her name's Christy, she introduced me to your podcast. And um, although I don't like listen to the podcast a lot, I followed, I follow you on Instagram and Twitter and the messages you, you are like, I don't know if spreading is right the right word, but the what are, your posts and and the community you've built has been super helpful for me understanding my disability and there's I don't know relationships with as a disabled person. So oh well, thank you. I really that makes that super nice here because I'm just a guy having thoughts in my bedroom about disability and I put them on social media and so 
Rachel, for you, do you have any last cool things you want to say about the world to the people oh on the gosh. show? I wish I did. I wish I had a last cool thing to say because that would be so helpful. But uh, I don't. But thank you so much for talking to us. It was really fun. No, I really, um, I really enjoyed it, and I'm, I'm just so chuffed that like my show that I again think that no one listens to is bringing people together, and that's really cool. So um, I'm, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I want to make sure that people can follow you and support you. And Zach, if you have any like tags for your graphic design business or anything you want to like throw out there. Uh, let's see. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I have an Instagram and uh, let's see. I'm looking for a new logo for the Drew Gerza stuff. So I might, uh, you, I might reach out to you. Ooh, yeah. Awesome. Um, I'd be down, but let's see. I guess I'll just spell it out. Um, so my Instagram, I guess you can just find me under my my full name because it's such an unusual spelling, which... Um, yeah, I have it there. And I can also make sure that it's... So you don't have to spell it out. I can also make sure that it's in the show notes for today. So... Yeah, I mean, the the only other thing is I'm f- starting a for- my foray into Twitter. Um, and I have... Oh, that's Danger Bay. Twitter is a scary yeah. place. I yeah, think, I think I tried to warn him, but is, <laughs> let me just make sure I remember. Can you go to Twitter for me, real quick? Mm-hmm. And let's see, what is my username? I don't know. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, it's also Zachary Sherwin, but I have Zach to make Marie. it less confusing. It's Zach Marie underscore c but oh yeah because you added me the other day and i was like i think this is zach but i was like i don't know so i'm gonna just add them anyway and hope that it is (laughs) yeah it is that was me (laughs) awesome good um this was super fun and super great and i will make sure that this goes out to everyone because i think this is such an important conversation this was really i really enjoyed doing it um and thank you both so much for being so vulnerable and honest about your experience in an interable and devotee relationship because I hope that it opens the eyes to the disabled people that are that do have concerns. And I hope that it shows people that are attracted to disabled people that it's okay to be. And you're really, you're chartering new ground here that I think a lot of people are afraid of. And I'm, I have to say, I'm really proud of both of you for doing that. So thank you. You're welcome. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Okay, I'm going to press off now, but thank you for being here and we'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye. It was really great to have Rachel and Zach on the show, and I was really happy to sit down with them. And I'd love to invite you to come on the show and and do a show with me and talk about your disability story. And if you want to do that, you can, of course, email me at disabilityafterdark.gmail.com or if you have any ideas for the show, email me there too or other show ideas that are not about sex and disability. We do so many different kind of series on the show, like... What would happen if you became disabled? Uh, we do things like I want to do shows about disability and anxiety called Crippling Anxiety, which I want to start. I want to do more movie review shows around disability. If you want to join me in one of those, that could be super fun. So reach out to me and I'd love to have you. Um, and thank you again for listening to this one. I also want to get um, couples on the show. So if you are both disabled... And you have a story to share. You've heard me do it with um, Terry and and John back in episode 202, where my guests, I want to have more 
disabled couples on the show or intra-able couples, really. So if you know anybody or you are an intra-able couple, I'd love to have you too. Be in touch. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. And now, here's the outro. Thanks for listening. Bye, friends. Alright friends, well that's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on disability stories. I am of course your host, Daddy Andrew Gerza. Hello. Thank you so much for being here and thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to follow my work, you can head over to my website www.andrewgerza.com or you can follow me on social media at andrewgerza underscore on all socials. So that's at Andrew Gerza on Twitter, sorry, at Andrew Gerza underscore on Twitter, and at Andrew Gerza underscore on Instagram. And follow me there, and you can see a lot more stuff on disability that I'm doing. If you want to follow the podcast, you can go to DisAftDarkPod on Twitter. If you want to support the show, of course, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash disabilityafterdark, And, of course, leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts so more people can hear about it. If you want to be a part of the show, you can email us at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. We would love to have you. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon. This has been a production of the Wheels on the Ground Network. Bye! Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Drew Gerza and Wheels on the Ground Productions. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright 2020-2021